Welcome to the Marvelous Madams Podcast. I'm your host, Madam Chris, handling the show solo while my co-host Amy is on a self-care sabbatical. But I am still burdened with the glorious purpose of talking all things Marvel. Today, I am covering episode three of Hawkeye, which reminded me quite a bit of episode three of Loki on Lamentus. A lot of parallels there, but I digress. Like last week, I loved this episode from start to finish, even though I was raging at that cliffhanger. But great writers always leave us wanting more. So let me dive into the major highlights. The music in this episode was so well done, from the Christmassy score to the classical pieces they chose and tweaked to fit the action. I'm looking forward to Christmas this year for the first time in ages, and this show is definitely helping me get into that holiday spirit. Next up. This is a Marvel podcast, but this episode calls for a holy fucking car chase, Batman. Clint may have missed his calling in NASCAR. That high-speed chase, along with all the fighting in the warehouse, had me smiling like a lunatic while I watched on the treadmill. Oh, and I need to thank the U.S. Air Force. I'm very grateful that for our recent cross-country move, they did not contract us with Trustabro Moving Company. I have no doubt my TV would have fallen off of that truck. The action was all so well choreographed, and from a story standpoint, this is some of the best MCU teamwork we've ever seen. Haley Steinfeld and Jeremy Renner have great chemistry, and all of that insanity really helped Clint and Kate bond. On that note, let's talk about Mr. Barton. Jeremy Renner is nailing all the layers here in a very subtle way. I was wrong when I thought Clint might be missing that superhero life. This is a man who just wants to be a husband and a father now. All he wants to do is protect Kate and try to put out this fire she started with Maya and the tracksuits, but they're in too deep now to just walk away. Clint's being pulled in both directions, which we see in a heartbreaking way through that phone call with Nate, that little moppet. And just as much as all that action did, this moment further solidified Clint's partnership with Kate, who was interpreting since Maya had broken his hearing aid. At the diner, Kate proves to still be very naive about this Avengers-style life she wants to live. And Clint takes a much kinder, more paternal tone with her than he has in the past in trying to explain the sacrifices that this life requires. She's not dead weight to him anymore, and he realizes that even though this whole mess is entirely her fault, he's going to need her to clean it up. And for the record, I would also divorce my husband if he started running around in a purple hood with a big H on it. Now let's get into the lady of the hour, Maya Lopez, played by the incredible Alakwa Cox. I have nothing but admiration for this girl. I can't even fathom the challenges she has faced in her life. Number one, she was born deaf. Number two, she is an amputee. Number three, she is a native woman, and they are statistically the most marginalized group of people in the United States. Number four, she grew up on a reservation. Now, if you want to see a great movie about life for native women on a reservation, check out Wind River on Netflix, which coincidentally stars Jeremy Renner and Elizabeth Olsen. Just her presence on a screen gives me a little hope for humanity, let alone the fact that Alakwa Cox is playing such a strong, compelling character. Maya Lopez has not 
and likely will not say a word, but she doesn't need to. I have so many feelings towards her. I'm proud of that little girl who was clearly the smartest kid in the class. I'm terrified of the young woman who could put me in the hospital with one kick. I'm sorry for the girl whose father died in her arms, and I'm afraid for the kid whose uncle may not be pleased with her. I'll get to that maddening little tidbit later. I'm just amazed at what Cox has already done with this role, and I'm thrilled that the powers that be on this show had the guts and the integrity to cast her in the first place. So, heading into Hawkeye, who would have guessed that this show would be driven by two young women? Not me, and I couldn't be happier to be wrong. Women's representation has been a major strength of every Disney Plus show, and it's just getting better. I mean, isn't it refreshing to see dads killed off to further their daughter's arcs rather than mothers and sons? Looking at you, Dark World and Shang-Chi. So with this cold open focusing on Maya's story and her father's murder, we see that Kate and Maya are two sides of the same coin. Parallel stories with important differences. Both Maya and Kate are defined by the deaths of fathers they idolized, for better or worse. But Maya was definitely not raised in a penthouse and had many more challenges to cope with than Kate. Maya was also much older when she lost her father. And given her current standing at Bros R Us Incorporated, she was fully aware of her father's business. Air quotes. It seems like Kate's parents kept her in the dark, especially since she was so young. Kate has her father on a very high pedestal, and I have a feeling he's going to be falling off of it, but more on that in a bit. Now here's where things could get really interesting. Maya and Kate are both driven by love, but it manifests in different ways. Out of love for her father, Maya wants to kill his murderer, Ronan. Well, since Clint happens to be Ronan, uh-oh, and just a regular old human, Maya could definitely make that happen. Kate's love for her father shows in her desire to help and protect others. She's never expressed any notion of revenge or anger at the person responsible for her father's death, Loki. Shut up, Amy. <laughs> Whoops, sorry guys, that was reflex. I'm not exactly sure what to make of this, especially since Loki is dead in Kate's timeline and or universe and a little preoccupied in another, so it's not like there can be a tie-in at the moment. I'm just wondering if this issue will ever come up for Kate, particularly because Clint's her mentor now, and he also has plenty of reason to hate the guy who turned him into a dancing monkey for a couple days. Anyway, I foresee a showdown between Maya and Kate at some point because they're driving this story. Plus, we can assume that Kate will eventually take on the Hawkeye mantle, and we know Maya is getting her own Disney Plus show, so these ladies are going to be key players in the MCU for a long time to come. Now, we talk a lot on this show about diversity in the MCU. Hawkeye is reminding us all that representation isn't just about race and gender. I'm not deaf, so I'm no authority on that culture, but I think this episode did a solid job representing it, from a layman's point of view. And that has everything to do with Alakwa Cox herself. This is a young woman who has spent her life navigating a world that is not designed for her. So she is Maya Lopez in a very real sense. I like the way the show silences dialogue from her perspective and also muffles it for Clint, putting us in their shoes and offering just a glimpse into their reality. But in the way Maya interacts with Clint, we also understand that she's never 
seen her deafness as a disability or an obstacle. She treats it more like a superpower, living in what I'll call a Murdochian fashion. And I admire that so much. So when she crushes Clint's hearing aid, that speaks volumes. All right, everybody. It's time to dust off your tinfoil hats because I've got some speculating to do. Let's start with the obvious. If Maya's uncle doesn't end up being Uncle Wilson, I am going to send Kevin Feige every bag of shit that's currently in my garbage can. I'm not kidding, Feige. I've got two dogs and endless amounts of it. I'll even throw in some cat turds for good measure. We didn't see Kate's mother, Eleanor, in this episode, but that's not to say she didn't make her presence known. I think she either locked Kate out of that security portal in real time, or she was alerted to what Kate was doing when the system locked her out, if it was an automated alert. I could be wrong, but even if I am, that bitch is up to no good. No offense, Miss Minutes, you're still my favorite, that bitch. Jack might as well have been twirling his mustache when he pinned Clint with that sword. I can't quite see him being in direct cahoots with the tracksuits. Him and his butterscotch are too refined for that. But he definitely has an agenda, and I cannot wait to find out what it is. I was on the fence last week when Amy suggested that Kate's dad may have faked his death, but after this episode, I'm 100% on board, and I don't think it's going to end well for poor Kate. Lastly, we have Kazi. I don't actually have anything to say about him. I just wanted to make it clear from the beginning that I will be referring to him as Kit Schmarrington because, well, you have eyes. I would call him Shit Harrington, but that's what Amy already calls Kit Harrington. And my final prediction halfway through the series, I think Kate and Sir Dog of Pizza will be joining the Bartons for a cozy family Christmas. All right, with episode three wrapped up, let's get down to some shout outs. We are lucky to have listeners from all over the world engaging with us, and this week I'd like to thank those of you listening in the Czech Republic for all your support. Last week, before we found out Pizza Dog was in the comics and named Lucky, we asked everyone to send us their names for him. And our favorite came from at Mr. Paracletes, who suggested Odin, Doggo of Kate. Well done, sir. Just don't tell Clint whose dad the dog is named after. Mia. We all know Rogers the Musical is going to happen someday. If you get tickets, I will gladly go with you. Sandro, you are very excited about Echo's storyline. Let me know what you think so far of Maya and the incredible Alakwa Cox. Kevin, I'm sorry you didn't get to see Yelena yet. Just goes to show we can never trust IMDb. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me today on Chris's Corner. I'll be back next week with my impressions on Hawkeye, Episode 4. And in a few weeks, I'll also be releasing a mini-sode on Spider-Man No Way Home. The hubs and I are both triple-vaxxed and absolutely psyched for our first movie in over two years, let alone this movie that is sure to send me into cardiac arrest. In the meantime, if you want to share your thoughts on Hawkeye or Spidey, find me on Twitter and Instagram at Marvel Madams. And check out our website, themarvelousmadams.com, where Infinity Stones are a girl's best friend.